Welcome to the Able to Bloom podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Langston. It's my passion to come alongside you in your everyday moments as you navigate daily stewarding the gifts God has given you. If you crave honest conversations about real life struggles, practical tips for wisely tending the season you're in, or just a little encouragement for your soul, you've come to the right place. I'm so honored that you're here. Let's dive in. I am so excited about today's episode. We're going to be talking about habits and stewardship. I think not only is this kind of what this whole podcast is about as far as stewardship goes, but like just everyday habit tracking and just, I call it habit stewardship. It's just something I'm really excited about. I almost like nerd out over it. But at the same time, I have and continue to struggle with it off and on. Everyone goes through seasons and even in month to month cycles of just sometimes I'm doing a really great job and sometimes I have not done any of my healthy habits in like three or four days. So I get it. I've been there. I am there. There are a couple of things that have fallen off for me in this last week. Um, It's just an ever growing process that you just have to continue to tweak out and work on. And so I just wanted to talk about it because I've tried a lot of things. I learned about a year ago that I have ADHD and I only bring that up because It explains so much as to why my brain works the way it does and how even though I am a visual person and there's visual people all over the world, like it kind of makes sense why like I literally can't remember things unless I write them down. So we're going to talk a little bit about the psychology behind it. I'm not going to go into crazy like details um, about all of it because I'm just not an expert on it. I'm just going to share with you like my personal experience and give you um, some ideas to maybe try out in your own life. So something I have to remember very often is that stewardship in everyday life isn't automatic. It takes effort and it takes planning and society does a great job of making it look not only effortless, but also beautiful and perfect. And that just results in me and you probably feeling like you're broken, like something's wrong with you, like you miss the boat and you just don't get it. And you don't have that thing that makes your house perfect all the time. And in reality, this daily stewardship of our homes and of our friendships and our marriages and our personal lives, like it just takes work and it takes focus. And I do hate that social media is only ever showing us a highlight reel of people's lives and not necessarily the process and getting there or the background behind the scenes information. Um, And so I try to just kind of keep that at the top of mind. Like when I see something on Instagram or Pinterest or something that I really love or I wish was part of my home. I don't let it be like, oh, I can't believe I don't have that. Or I wish I could have my house like that, something like that. I try to say, wow, that's beautiful. Look what someone else curated. And I bet it took a lot of time and effort to get there. And no, I'm not perfect at that, but it it is helpful. And I'm sure everyone's heard that saying comparison is the thief of joy. That's definitely true. I think there's a lot of joy to be found in just contentment in what you have been given and what you are blessed with and what is before you. And so I did want to look this kind of nerdy, but it's fine. I looked up on Google what the Merriam-Webster definition of stewardship was. And the first part of the definition, I was like, meh, whatever. And the second part, I was like, yes, that is the meat. That's what I was hoping to find. So the first part says it's the conducting, supervising, or managing of something. I do really like the ING of each of those words. It feels like the, you know, you're doing it right now. It's not a one and done thing. It's, it is stewardship. It's, it's an ongoing practice. The second part of the definition says 
especially the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. And that I feel like is so biblical. I, the Lord has gifted us with so many things, whether that be um, like spiritual giftings or like physical belongings, like a home or family, something like that. And I just love that. Like the careful and responsible management, think about carefully and responsibly managing something. I'm like picturing like, There's at least one session, probably multiple sessions of me sitting down, pouring over a piece of paper, mapping things out, making lists, thinking through what needs to happen in order to take careful, responsible care of that project or that item or whatever it may be. For these big things like meal planning or or chore management, I've got to kind of sit down and put my head down and like really think about what that needs to look like based on our current schedule. So I did want to share something about a book of the Bible that our pastor went through it with our church on Sundays through the whole book of Nehemiah. And I'm not going to go into a huge study about that, but I did want to share like a huge takeaway that kind of changed my life or kind of changed my perspective that I carry with me often. And I think about it often. So if you know anything about Nehemiah, this is um, after a time of exile and how the people of Israel had sinned and he wanted to confess the sins of his fathers and the people of Israel on their behalf so that they could be brought back into communion with the Lord. And at the time he was in exile, he was a cupbearer to the king. We understand that he has a pretty good relationship with his king, but still he's the king. And if you go to the king out of term, you can literally be executed for that. So it says um, in chapter two that he was just doing his normal job and he was making sure that Though he was mourning so deeply for Jerusalem, he was not letting his face show sadness in front of the king, but the king notices that something's off and he asks him about it. And then he says, how can I not be sad when the place of my father's lies in ruins? And then the king's like, well, what are you asking? What do you want to do about that? And and he, Nehemiah already had all the answers. He goes, you know, if it pleases you, if I found favor in your sight, Please send me to Judah, to the city of my father's graves, that I may rebuild it. And then he says, how long will you be gone and when will you return? And so they kind of go back and forth in this conversation. And then Nehemiah replies, if it pleases the king, let letters be given to the governors of the province beyond the river that they may let me pass through until I come to Judah and so on and so forth. And there's more. And he talks about um, exactly who he would get um, timber from the the beams for the uh, walls and the gates and stuff. And basically the whole takeaway I'm trying to get into is Nehemiah had not just felt a calling and a burden on his heart. He looked into it and he'd already planned and prepared in case he was given the opportunity to pursue that calling. And that was so meaningful to me because I almost felt guilty with the other verse today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit. Then it goes on to say, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. And I think that in a mixture of fear of moving forward and more over fear of failure, that all has mixed up to be kind of like the reason I haven't um, pursued some callings earlier or something that's held me back at a time. And so I was so relieved almost to see evidence in the Bible of someone who's been called by the Lord to do a really big thing. And he wept over it. He prayed over it. And then he prepared. And if you know that it's a genuine calling for the Lord, he will make a way. And believing that 
is not always easy. And so I just really appreciate that Nehemiah shows us a biblical way of preparing and stewarding well these callings that the Lord is given. So in keeping with this idea of prepping beforehand and planning ahead of time to be able to steward things more wisely, I wanted to walk through with you um, just like four questions that I thought of that would be a really helpful self-analysis of kind of like, where are we at right now? So I'm going to read those questions. I would really encourage you to listen to the question and then pause it and write down your answer, or at least like think really genuinely about what your answer would be uh, before moving on to the next question, because I feel like this is going to be really helpful in um, kind of setting you up for success in learning how to steward even better in your life. So that first question is, what is your overall mindset on habits or stewardship in general? So just some examples would be, is it a begrudging mindset? Are you excited about it? Are you exhausted by the thought of it? Does it feel peaceful to you? Does it feel like a waste of time? So think about that for a second and hit pause and write down your answer. The second question, what would need to magically be fixed to make habit management less scary and more attainable? So I always think about this. <laughs> I'm like, oh, why can't it just be easier to do blah, blah, blah. And I think that's just a product of our world that is in love with instant gratification. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. So what would you need to magically be fixed to make habit management less scary and more attainable? Other than just saying like, oh, can the habit just exist? I just mean like, my answer for this would be energy. I always feel like I'm of very low energy and it gets in my way all the time. So think about that. Would, um, what that would be for you. Number three, how does your brain like to learn? Are you visual? Are you audible? Like I always say like paper or digital or like physical or digital and then like head, like keep things in your head or keep things on paper. How does that look for you? So for example, I am very visual and I have to write things down or they will be forgotten forever. And then not only that, I am definitely of the mindset of out of sight, out of mind. So even if I wrote it down, but I put it in a closed notebook and put it on a shelf, I it's like I never wrote it down. I just totally forget that it exists. So I'm a huge fan of like sticky notes or whiteboards, stuff that's not written down and put away, but it's written down and on display. Oh my gosh, that rhymed. That's awesome. Anyway, so think about how your brain works with that. Um, write that down. Okay, so the last question is, Number four, what areas of your life need better habits or refresh stewardship? So examples of this could be cleaning, just upkeep of your home, um, Bible time, friendships, marriages, your job, whatever. Something that you feel like you're failing in or you're falling behind in or just something that needs just like a little refresh or even if it's going really well or you're, you're being regular with it, it's not... Um, the best it could be, or it's not serving your family anymore because you've had a little bit of a change in seasons. So think about that one, write it down. Okay. So really quick, I know I, unfortunately, I'm not able to talk to you about what your answers are. I totally wish we were sitting at coffee right now talking about this, but I thought it may be helpful if I give you my answers for those questions and kind of chat about maybe some ideas to combat those. Maybe we have some in common or maybe yours are opposite. So it'll be interesting to find out. So Number one would be, what is your overall mindset on habits and stewardship? And I wrote exhausting. 
Um, that is my default mindset. I'm definitely not there most of the time anymore, but it's still being of low energy. Like I said, like, it's still a thing. I still get like tired if I realize that something needs to kind of be rehashed or something like that. So it makes me feel tired. (laughs) Number two, what would need to magically be fixed to make habit management less scary and more attainable? I wrote energy because again, low energy, that kind of rules everything. If I feel like I don't have the energy to do something, then I feel like it can't get done and it feels overwhelming and borderline impossible. Number three, how does your brain work? I already shared this. I'm visual and paper person. I love paper planners. Um, I do use a Google calendar for appointments, but I use a paper planner for a to-do list. Um, And I'll share about that someday um, in a different episode. And then the last one, I wanted to kind of give examples. So I asked what areas of your life need better habits or refreshed stewardship? And I gave four examples of cleaning slash upkeep of your home, Bible time, friendships, or marriage. And so I wanted to give a couple of practical, I guess, little helpers that I have in my life, or I know someone who does these things that just kind of give you like a little bit of encouragement that it's it's doable to do a refresh and it doesn't have to make you feel so bogged down anymore. So for the first one with cleaning and upkeep of your home, I said it may be helpful to re- I said re-divvy up chores. So something Michael and I did when we very first got married was we literally sat down with a piece of paper and wrote down all the chores of what needs to be done in our house. Something we started with was like, okay, Elizabeth, what chore do you absolutely hate, hate, hate? And I was like, dishes, easy, hate them, can't stand doing dishes. And then for Michael was bathrooms slash toilets. And I was like, actually, I don't mind bathrooms so much. And he said that he didn't mind dishes so much. So that worked out. And then we kind of went from there to like, is there anything that you you don't mind doing? Okay, you take that one and you take that one. Um, and then at the time when we first got married, he was full time and I was part time at our jobs. So that influenced the workload, so to speak, of who got more chores and who had less chores. Um, and then a few months later, when I got my first full-time job, we re-divvied up our, our chores and our um, responsibilities at home. And it, it became way more half and half because we were both working full-time. And then when baby came, he did so many of the chores. Thank you, Michael. Um, for much of the first year of her life, even afterward, because not only was I exhausted and healing, but then I was going through postpartum depression and I was just not okay. I just wasn't okay. And so we had to re-divvy chores then. And, um, now that things are feeling way more healthy in my mental state, um, we have redivided chores again, and I am working part-time again, and I went from 40 hours to 30 hours. So I'm able to take on more of those chores. So just think about that. Sit down with your hubby or your roommate or whoever you're with. If you're by yourself, then maybe come up with like certain days you do certain chores. So you only have like a few things to do per day versus doing like a whole Saturday of chores because that is really, really overwhelming. I have been there. In fact, that's typically how I've done chores in our household since getting married. Um, We would just use Saturdays for chores. And just two weeks ago, I was like, okay, I want to relax on the weekends and I feel guilty if I don't get everything done, but I also feel guilty if I don't rest because then the weekend is gone out from under me and I'm tired all week long. And so I've actually like a week and a half, two weeks ago, I did a chores overhaul and I was like, okay, I'm going to do like three things every day before bed. And then my house kind of stays more tidy and I'm not so exhausted. So it's working really well so far. Um, Still a few tweaks to be made. 
So that's kind of the chore side of things. For Bible time, this is something I do struggle with as well as far as like the consistent everyday scheduled time. That's hard for me. Um, I think that does have to do with my ADHD, but we're working on it. Um, I do make sure that I have worship music on at some point in my day. Typically, it's the morning. Michael plays worship music first thing in the morning. Something I've done before is use my commute time to work to listen to the audio Bible. And the way that I did that was, I think it's Crossway has the ESV Bible, audio Bible on a podcast format. So if you're here, you might like that. Um, But I just kind of had like a, not a rule, but like a principle. Like when I first got in my car, I would listen to one or two episodes of those. And they were about nine to 12 minutes long each. And it would just read scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, Psalms. And I would just listen to that first. And then I would listen to other music or worship music or a podcast or something else like that that I wanted to listen to on my way to work. So that was like a really good practice. And that actually helped me read the whole Bible or listen to the whole Bible in 2019. Um, Another huge one for me is I do not have my phone in my bedroom at night. Um, It is very distracting for me with going to bed. It is very distracting to me. Even in the middle of the night, if I wake up to go to the bathroom or something, I'll be like, oh, let me just check my phone really quick. I'm very irresponsible with my phone if it's in my bedroom. Um, I can't stop scrolling. I just think of things like my brain's going 100 miles an hour and I think of projects or art things or what am I going to wear tomorrow? And I just um, it just doesn't help my brain to slow down and go to sleep at all. So I have not charged my phone in my bedroom for probably over two years now. Um At one point, I had it even downstairs, but right now, and I'm thinking of changing this somehow, I'm not sure what I want to do right now, but right now it is in a bedroom that's right across um, from our master bedroom, and it's actually my art studio, but I, I leave my phone in charge on charge in my art studio at night with the door open so that I, I still use it as my alarm to help me wake up in the morning. But um, that way it's in another room. And so one, it helps me physically get out of the bed and go turn off my alarm. And then that helps me stay out of the bed. I am not 100% effective at that, but we're working on it. Um, And then two, it's obviously helping me not scroll and stuff on my phone. Because if my phone is by my bed when I wake up in the morning, I will almost guarantee that I will spend at least 20 minutes scrolling. Like it's bad. I'm just like, I'm tired and it'll help me wake up sometimes. And so I'll just like use it as a crutch. Instead, I could be, you know, making coffee, which is delicious or letting my dog out or, you know, anything like that. But the point in saying that is not just to get more time away from your phone, which that could be really helpful if you need that. But I do that specifically because if I spend my morning scrolling, I'm not spending that time in the word or even just getting ready or something like that, something being a good steward of my time. Instead, I'm just scrolling mindlessly on Instagram. And that's honestly not a healthy way to start your day. And I still do that. I still struggle with it. Um, I go through seasons of sometimes I'll go into the other room when my alarm goes off, grab my phone and go straight back and crawl into the bed. So it's a work in progress, but you know. So another thing, this does not work for me. I have tried it, but I know that it works really well for other people. So I wanted to suggest it. Um, They schedule time with the Lord. So if you're struggling with Bible time, it may be really helpful for you to schedule time in the morning, even like let your alarm be like, okay, it's time to go do Bible study. I know for me, when I have scheduled it in the past, I would kind of have like a mini morning routine and then Bible time. And I think when I do it, I still do it this way. I like get up and brush my teeth, let the dog out, 
make my coffee and then I go do uh, Bible study. I think that's really helpful for me because I feel like I'm kind of getting awake and I've got my coffee and my teeth are clean and all of that. Um, that's really helpful for me. Another thing is scheduling time with a friend or there are some places that do like online Bible studies and those are scheduled. And so you can join those as well. I know Proverbs 31 has done that in the past. Um, that may be helpful for you to have kind of some accountability and having like a meeting time that may help. Um, for friendships, I'm not going to go into huge detail about this, but if you're struggling to steward your friendships well, I would say like tell your friend like you love them and you want to spend more time with them, but you're feeling like you're struggling in that area. They may have some ideas that work well for them or um, the two of you can schedule time together every week, even if that's just a text date or um, a, a phone call. There's a I have a couple of friends who don't live in the same city as me, and so we'll do uh, FaceTime dates. And another thing that I've done in the past is I will write down, I have a weekly layout in my paper planner and I will write a couple of people's names on each day or maybe every other day and just write someone's first name. And it's just a, a reminder to text them. And that's just like, Hey, I love this person. I want to make sure that I'm texting them because we're all so busy and life goes by and I'll realize I haven't talked to someone in a month. And that has no reflection on how much or how little I love them because I love them so much, but it just time flies. And that really helps me to be a good steward of that friendship to make sure I'm keeping in touch with them and checking in on them. And then the last one, this one's kind of fun. So I said marriage. So as I said, I went through postpartum depression after having a baby and it didn't hit me until she was about four months old. Um, so it's kind of like a really weird experience to have gone through that later. And so, so something that Michael and I did for a while there was we found this app. It's from the Love Languages company. If you've ever read those books or talked about love languages, first of all, if you don't know about love languages, you need to read about those. Even if you're not married, even if you're not dating, it is something that has helped me love every person in my life better. If you figure out what their love language is, it helps you to uh, be more intentional and meet them where they are instead of trying to love them in a way that makes sense for you. And it takes work, but it is always, always worth it. And so that same company, they have an app it's called Love Nud. Basically, you sign up for the app with your spouse and it's just basically like a tracker to help you. Like it doesn't tell your spouse like what all you're doing for them, so to speak. Um, like my husband is acts of service. And so I would put things like um, wash his car or do the dishes or make our bed, just little stuff like that. And like, he totally notices those things. And he's like, oh my God, like you did all the laundry. That's fantastic. And um, he would just feel so loved. And then for me, I'm like words of affirmation, hardcore. He would put things like, like ask Elizabeth about how her podcast is going or pick up flowers on the way home from work, stuff like that. And so it doesn't tell me like, when you check it off, it doesn't tell Michael like, Elizabeth just did the laundry. It's not like a notification thing. It's almost like a private thing of like, hey, your husband loves these things and you can request stuff from each other. We didn't really do that, um, but it has some really, really cool features. I would say that it was overall very, very helpful. I think it just helped our mindset of like, hey, I need to love my spouse in the way that he or she feels love and understands love. 
I mean, it's a love language. And so that really, really helped us. I think that helped me just steward. Um, We both still have the app, but we haven't used it nearly as much. We kind of used it pretty heavily for like two months like that. And it was just so, so helpful. And um, now it's kind of become, I guess, in habit building in that regard, it's definitely become a habit. And I try to make sure that I take away some of his chores if I have any extra time, just because he's acts of service. And I want to like, almost it's almost like a game, like I want to beat him to it. Um, so that I can make sure he remembers like how much I love him because I do. And uh, it's it's almost like a game. It's really fun to kind of get ahead of that. And I know that he's, he's also done way better. We were just talking about this recently. We've both done way better in loving each other in our love languages. And so it's been a really sweet process. So I wanted to encourage you, if this is something that you're starting or something that you've struggled with for a long time, I just want to encourage you to stop and pray and just ask God to help you with this. <laughs> I wrote down on my paper, ask God what your holdup is, because I know we all have them and we all have these vices and these mindsets that hold us back from stewarding well what the Lord's given us. Um, so I have asked him that many times over several years. And something that I see as a recurring issue for me is having low energy and wanting instant gratification. I also kind of marry this with the idea that I found out that I'm always in a hurry. Um, and not like you might think, but like, even if I am, it's a Saturday, I don't have anything on the calendar, but um, I've got some projects I'm working at, working on in my art room. And then I've got to go downstairs and make a coffee. I'll like run downstairs and make my coffee and run back upstairs. I'm just in a hurry everywhere I go or like, you know, just in my normal drive to work, I feel like I'm running late, even on the days where I'm extra early, you know, it's just kind of this mindset that I've got to go, 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 and I'm going to get in trouble or I'm going to be late. And, um, that's been really something I've been working on a lot. And a lot of the stewardship things that I've been working on so much have lent me the ability to not feel like I have to hurry so much. And also the Lord's just been working on that in me. And I think that that's really tied into instant gratification. Like I want a coffee and I want it now, or I want to go, I've got to go to work and I've got to get there now. And instead that there's like, there's beauty in going slow. Rest is a really important element of that as well. Um, and on the energy side, I've mentioned that I'm of low energy typically. Um, and something I've been working on for the past few years um, is focusing on exercise. I've never really been great at regular exercise. Again, that's one of those no deadline continuous forever habits that you have to work on. And that's really hard for my brain, but that is something I've really been working on. So even just moving at all in any way, whether that be like a walk or a full on CrossFit class, it's, it's just whatever that looks like. It helps to be moving and taking care of my body. And so I try to make sure that I'm doing about three days a week of that. And I have struggled and fought tooth and nail over that one for years. That one's really hard. And then also like find the foods that are hurting your body specifically for yourself. Like if you need to be gluten-free or if you're like me and you have this random allergy to grapes and they give you migraines, like send you to bed, you can't do anything for the rest of the day migraines. Um, so not eating those or drinking any juice with grapes in them. That's really helpful for me. I cannot let them be part of my life. Another thing is like going to bed on time. It's so funny, like growing up, you're a kid and you have a bedtime and you're just like, oh, I can't wait to be an adult so that I don't have to have a bedtime anymore. And in reality, like bedtimes are sacred and beautiful things. <laughs> um, I literally start like getting ready for bed at like nine mentally. And I we we say our bedtime is 10, but 
over the years, it's kind of 930 for me. Um, and so I would say like going to bed on time, but then also going to bed away from your phone. And I've already talked about that, but I've read too, that if you do an evening walk, it helps with your circadian rhythms, which is really fascinating. It makes a lot of sense. Plus you get time in nature, which is really helpful. If you wake up at the same time every day, that is one that I had to learn for sure, because Growing up, you know, you got to get up early for school and you have to get up early for church. And then Saturday you can sleep until however late you absolutely need to sleep. And as much as that feels good and I love sleeping in, I have actually figured out that I kind of like waking up at the same time every day. Um, I try to wake up between six and seven every day, and that's just really helpful for me. And so if I'm going to bed at a proper time every night, it's not hard to get up the next day. I wanted to share this scripture with you. It's Psalm 143, 8, and it's one that um, was spoken about a lot in this book that I read called Hello Mornings by Kat Lee. And I loved that book. It was really well written. And she talks about her journey with habit building and morning routines and everything like that. Highly recommend it. I'll link to it in the show notes. But this verse is one that she has memorized and she says every morning. And so I worked on memorizing it and saying it every morning. And it's been like a year or so. And I don't say it every single morning, but I do still know it by heart. And it is something that helps ground me when I do think of it. And I highly recommend that you work on memorizing it as well. I did that by putting a sticky note on my mirror and it's just a really great start to the morning. So Psalm 143, eight, let me hear in the morning of your steadfast love for in you, I trust make me know the way I should go for to you. I lift up my soul. I mean, what better way is there to start your day? You're giving the Lord your day and telling him that you trust him with your life. And I just found that really, really helpful. And I also think about that verse when I think about habit tracking or stewardship or anything, something that I'm trying to learn to be consistent with. And it's just sort of a really good, I lay this at your feet type of prayer and showing my heart again in that morning that he's in control. And I've just been really empowered by that verse this year of just surrendering to him first thing in the morning. So I wanted to give you my favorite way of habit tracking. So I've done a lot of different things through the years, most of them including some sort of chart or something like that in a planner or a bullet journal or something like that. And I think my most effective and by far my favorite way of tracking is by using magnets. I think I'm going to make a reel of this soon. So keep an eye out for that. The way that I do it is I just have like a small whiteboard. It's probably nine by 13 maybe. And it's hanging in my bathroom. And I thought of my like most important core, I call them anchor habits. And it's just, these are the habits like I have to do either A, because like they just have to be done or B, because um, they make me a better better person. Um, (laughs) So I, I will share those habits with you. So I have Bible study. And that doesn't necessarily mean like I was digging down in my actual Bible. Sometimes it's a Bible study that I've done with friends or it it just, I'm just saying like, it can look different. Um, But typically it means like, did I spend one-on-one time with the Lord that day? Um, And I track that not because I'm trying to shoot for perfection. None of this is for that reason. So it kind of just gives me a snapshot of like, oh, that's why things have been harder mentally for me recently, because I have not been grounding myself in the word. So it's really helpful for me to see. Another thing I track is um, an app called Inflow. I've been using that for my ADHD. It's just got modules and helpful lessons, and it has been groundbreakingly helpful for me in navigating what it is like to have adult ADHD. And so 
I've been using that for the last year and I'm about to finish it up. It has been so helpful. So I'm happy to chat with you about that if you want to talk to me about it. Um, I also track my exercise. Again, I want to make sure I'm doing a really good exercise three times a week. And th this one is so funny to me. So I track night showers. People look at me like I'm crazy when I tell them about this, but that's okay. So I grew up always showering at night. Um, and I didn't know until like middle school that most of the world showers in the morning. That was so foreign to me. <laughs> um, but I still shower at night usually. Um, my husband does shower in the morning. And so it's been like a funny like clash of the clans when it comes to that. But I did figure out like I tried to like switch to showering in the morning. And I know that I, I don't sleep as well when I do that. Um, and I kind of I'm adding something else that I have to do in the morning and it kind of slows me down and it's not the magical, beautiful hair, magical, sunshiny wake up routine that everyone talks about for me. Um, and so I have figured out that when I shower at night, I do all of my night routine things like my moisturizer and picking out my outfit for work the next day, making sure my gym bag is packed, making sure my um, backpack for work is by the door, all that stuff kind of springs out of showering at night it's kind of like a it's a, that's why I call this one an anchor habit because when I do that everything kind of flows out of that like 10 other things happen because I showered at night and I'm just a better person the next day I feel clean I feel fresh and I feel very rested and so I track when I take a night shower and I don't always take night showers but I know that I feel better when I do and so again kind of like the bible study time like if I'm just feeling like man, I just like have not been doing, I haven't been wearing my retainer and I haven't been flossing and I haven't been packing my backpack or making sure I have what I need until the next morning. And that makes me late because I keep going back in the house to get stuff I forgot. It's just like a domino effect. And so I also keep track of that to just kind of keep up an idea on the pulse of how I'm doing with the, that kind of, that habit helps me steward a lot of habits well. Another one is night prep, and that kind of goes into the night shower. They kind of go hand in hand, but that one specifically, when I see night prep, I think about um, my daughter's backpack for daycare and everything, so I have to make sure that she has her lunch packed and um, her bottles are clean. I mean, her sippy cups are clean, and um, like she's got an extra outfit, and she's got diapers and wipes and everything like that, so I try to make sure she's prepped for school because most of my getting out the door time is spent on getting her bag packed. And so I'm served way better when I do that the night before. And then the last two are just fun ones that spiritually they're really helpful for me. And that is spending time in nature and spending time doing any art at all. Um, and so I won't go into what that looks like because it's pretty self-explanatory, but if, even if I just take a walk out in my neighborhood, like that counts because I'm taking time to slow down and see where I'm going and see the beautiful leaves. And usually like the sun is setting when I'm able to do it. And that just kind of grounds me and helps me think of the Lord. And I will also spend time reading during that time. And that's another thing that I also track. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the things that I am tracking. Again, I'm going to try to make a reel of my magnet board um, so that you can kind of check it out. So to finish up here, I thought I would share this verse. You've probably heard it before. It's 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So I think the overall message when we're trying to steward things well is contentment and gratitude. And if you are content with what the Lord's given you, then you're going to steward it well and you're going to take care of it. And if that's something you're struggling with, just pray about it. And if you're doing really well with your habits lately, that's amazing. I would pray and tell the Lord, thank you for that. And also maybe ask him, like, is there something else? 
that I can add to my plate now that this is kind of on autopilot, now that I've built these habits? Is there is this a tool that I can use to open up other things to be stewarding well for your glory? So I would just say, pray and ask, get creative, write it down, kind of sit down like Nehemiah did and plan it out. What does that look like for you for a specific thing that you want to steward well? And then maybe even write down your why. I mean, of course, we're using this to glorify the Lord but you can break it down like, oh, this is serves my family well, or break it down further and say, um, if I shower at night, then I sleep better, stuff like that. So write down your why if that helps you. Another great tip is to tell someone what you're doing and just share with them your progress along the way and ask them to commit to praying for you, even if it's like one time a week or something. That's been really helpful when I know that my husband or my best friends, they know that I'm working on Um, being better about spending time in nature or being better about spending time in my Bible, stuff like that. Like they'll ask me about it and I want to give them a good report. So that's been really helpful too. The whole point again is to glorify the Lord. We are his children and he's given us good things and we are called to steward them well. So I know you can do this in the Lord's strength. I have been there. I've tried all the things and I'm going to keep giving you guys some tips on this stuff, but I just wanted to share with you why this is so important to me and why I'm so passionate about it. If you are struggling with stuff like this, you aren't alone. And I hope that some of these tips today were really helpful for you. Thank you for joining me on the Able to Bloom podcast. To find all the resources mentioned in today's show, check out the show notes on the episode or follow along on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram at Able to Bloom Pod, or you can shop at Elizabeth Langston Art to find all the resources shared on the pod. If you love the show, please pop over to Apple Podcast or your favorite pod app and leave a five-star review. It helps tremendously with getting the word out so others can enjoy the show too. Have a specific question or struggle that you'd love to hear more about on the show? Email me at abletobloom at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. You have been uniquely created by a loving father who has your best interest in mind. In Christ, you are able to choose. In Christ, you are able to bloom. Thank you.